Welcome to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, where four friends discuss movies that they love, but nobody else does. Hello, and welcome Hi. back to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast. This week we go antiquing to see if we can find a garden gnome. I'm Elaine. Can we just do that I'm one? Carly. I'm John, and I'm pretty sure you did that bit last time. I'm Tony. Maybe yeah. not for a garden Last gnome. time we went to the Antiques Roadshow to More see antiques. if that picture was worth a million dollars. This week we're hunting for a garden gnome. But each of us has picked a specific movie genre. I have horror thriller. I have science fiction fantasy. I have drama and romance. I have action adventure. We take turns selected from movie genres, movies that in our opinion have not received the, movie, the respect they deserve. And I haven't been done. The respect. You may not see any of these movies on anyone's top ten list, but maybe by listening to our podcast... And give these films a second chance. Or a first chance. Today's pick... It's Carly's pick. Jennifer's Body. No. No. Stranger Than Fiction. I was close. You're supposed to... Uh. (laughs) Fucked it up. Damn it. All right. It's a 2006 comedy drama movie where an IRS auditor suddenly finds himself the subject of narration only he can hear. Narration that begins to... uh... Ooh, that's not right. Like, dictate his entire life, from his work to his love interest to his death. Now, just so you know, I cut my finger this week. I couldn't type. I was using speech to text. <laughs> Did it say dictate? It says, uh, fight his entire life. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It is written by Zach Helm, who also wrote and directed Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium, but I didn't really... Oh, good movie. There wasn't much else. I've seen that. I've never seen it. You but. should. <laughs> it was directed by Mark Forster, who also directed World War Z, Quantum of Solace, The Kite Runner, Finding Neverland, and Monster's Ball. Finding Neverland will make you cry, and Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium is chock full of as much whimsy as you could possibly put in a movie. So don't watch it. Maybe I should watch it. I like whimsy. Oh. You're just a... I like whimsy's getting burned by flamethrowers. Oh, goodness. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I have a couple reviews. Matt G. gave it 4.5 stars, saying, What a film! Such a witty story crammed into a comedy drama full of Will Ferrell, Emma Thompson, Dustin Hoffman, Maggie Gyllenhaal, and Queen Latifah playing amazing... Lee and really how you would expect in an unknown 2006 drama. It's one to watch anytime for anyone. A charming, witty, funny story that's just good no matter what. Witty, charming, funny, original, brilliant. <laughs> a lot of repetitiveness. Guy kind of the source. I, accident- I actually shortened that. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> All right. On the other hand, Peter Howell from the Toronto Star said, Stranger Than Fiction seems like an old episode of The Twilight Zone, and the idea would have worked better in one of Rod Serling's half-hour epistles on human foibles. Okay. All right. That being said, it has a 72% tomato meter score, an 85% audience score, 7.6 on IMDb, so almost everyone that saw it liked it. But not very many people saw it. <laughs> I was about to say, how was this underappreciated? That seems like it was majorly appreciated by anybody who saw it. Well, had any of you seen it? Um, we're not up to that part. Oh, have you heard of it? <laughs> yes. Oh, see, I hadn't until I saw it, which was more recent. Uh, but it had a thirty-eight million dollar budget, and it brought in forty. So it, how much did it, it did not thirty-eight do budget? Well. Yeah, and did forty. So mm-hmm. I think. So two million dollars—that is not anything. Well, you no. figure you know you have advertising things like that. Yeah. 
it, it, pro- it probably lost money. That's probably why there's not, not a Stranger well. Than Fiction 2 electric yeah. boogaloo. So not very many people saw it. So I guess we can say... What'd you think going in? Yeah, what'd you think going in? Yeah, Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Go for it. Well, I had heard of this movie years ago. I saw the commercial and went, wow, Will Ferrell, he's funny. Oh, it's a drama with, uh, what's her name from uh, the Love Actually. I love Love Actually. Oh, where she's writing a book about him. He doesn't know it. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to see that. <laughs> That's what I thought going in. Is, oh, well, after watch the movie, I didn't want to see it. <laughs> so this should be exciting. Maggie Gyllenhaal's in it. I don't like most of the things she's in. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be great. Oh, oh it's two hours long. <laughs> Well, pay me gold, call me Oscar. This is going to be a room tooting good time. Kind of like a colonoscopy. That's what I thought. <laughs> That's kind of what I expected. <laughs> what did you think, Elaine? I've uh, seen the first half hour of this movie previously. I get to the po- I had gotten to the point where he met the baker, played by Maggie Gyllenhaal, and then said, ooh, I hate Maggie Gyllenhaal, and turned it off. Ah! <laughs> I loved her in Dark Knight. No, so yeah, did she die? Oh, I'm just kidding, Meg. I'm just kidding. No, that no, because that movie's fucking awesome, dude. No, the movie's awesome. I just can't stand her. Well, oh, her she she was she's a not a great actress. Jake is way better than her, and I don't like him either. I can't quit you, man. <laughs> and, um, so yeah, so I was like, okay, I guess I'll see what happens with Will Ferrell. Make <laughs> <laughs> sure you get the right combination right. Maybe they'll make him a good movie. Tony, um, vaguely remember this movie coming out. Um, it was an interesting premise, but this is at the time where, like every other Will Ferrell movie, was absolute garbage. Mm-hmm. So I was like, eh, I'm gonna take a chance and just wait for this to come out on Redbox. Wait, that's a good question. What came out before it? I don't. Remember. It was after Old School and Anchorman, and it was the same year as Talladega Nights. Awesome. He had some. There was some really good ones. So this was yeah. gonna be a shit movie. It's like back and forth. With <laughs> this him. is the art film. Yeah, he did Ricky Bobby and Anchorman, and then did this. This movie was gonna suck. Yeah. I mean, allegedly, just historically from the, from the yeah. pattern. I don't know. After Jim Carrey did all the Ace Ventura movies, he did The Truman Show, and I love that movie. Yeah. He also did Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which, I never saw which that. people seem to think is a really great movie. I didn't hate it. And it's terrible. You really hate it? You hate it? <laughs> oh, it's terrible. I can't terrible. stay I in that movie. I think it's sad. I wouldn't watch it again, but I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't think it was terrible. It's boring. It is boring. And when it's not boring, it's sad. That's Why true. would I want to watch something that's boring and or depressing? Well, that's what... No, why? No, it's entertainment. That's not entertaining. Boredom and depression. That's what you have, and you watch a movie <laughs> to take away are. from that. No. It's the art film. Sometimes I'm just in the, movie, in the mood to watch a sad movie, but it's not like in every movie you can't talk out of his and butt. And heartwarming. <laughs> it's, it's depressing Asshole and boring. I've never seen it. It's no beaches. Do you have a breath mint? Have some banaka? Yeah. Uh, beaches. Be- right. beaches? Did you did, no beaches. did we ask you what you That's thought? That's a sad yes. movie. Yes, okay, I'm sorry. That makes you get all the feels. <laughs> did you ever know Steel that Magnolias. you're my hero? Oh, I love Steel Magnolias. And how do you feel about it? I get the same I? way after the Dirty Dozen. Dude, I'll... That or Armageddon. 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 <laughs> 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 you the man, You the man, Harry. You the man. All right, so we've already gone over the fact that it stars Will Ferrell. 
Right. And Emma Thompson, who that? I love and love actually. She's, uh, She's Professor Trelawney in the Harry Potter movies. Nanny McPhee, Eleanor Dashwood in the 1995 Sense and Sensibility. <laughs> She's great in that. Uh, then we have Professor Jules Snape. Hilbert is Dustin Hoffman. Wait, who's that? Jules. His name is Jules Hilbert. No, no, I must. It was a Dustin Hoffman joke. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. He's walking here. He's walking here. You know who? You know what you I fucker. love? Dustin Hoffman in. I love him as Mumbles in the Dick Tracy movie. You have got to be shitting me. Of all the Dustin Hoffman movies out there, you're like Mumbles. Not Kramer versus Kramer. I, I'm gonna put Dick Tracy on my list. Really? Wow. You I go. Like I mean, um, I mean, if you want to do that, we there's can do the that. Graduate. There are so many movies with Dustin. Rain Man. This podcast Rain in the Grand. Man. Rain Man. I would have. I would have accepted Meet the Fockers before Dick wow. Tracy. He's great. He was great in Meet the Fockers. He was fantastic at that. All right, and we know that Maggie Gyllenhaal's Anna Pascal. She was in Donnie Darko, Forty Days and Forty Nights, The Dark Knight. She was in Forty Days and Forty Nights. According She's to the IMDb's. Oh yeah, I've never seen it. That movie's terrible. That, that was awesome. great. Didn't we loan that movie to you? No, I, don't know. I already own it. <laughs> when we were going through all the DVDs. No, that was Ant Man. That's why we can't find it. Jesus I Christ! Has anybody seen Ant Man? I still haven't found it. Public no. service announcement. Um, Elaine has lost her copy of the Blu-ray. I know. I looked. John looked. Cross looked multiple times. Where is Ant-Man? Something nefarious going on, John. I don't. I still have it digitally, so I don't care. (laughs) Somebody stole my Ant-Man. And our last main character is Penny Escher, played by Queen Latifah. Yeah. (sighs) Okay. So I really thought she. I thought she'd have a bigger role in her movie. No, I don't like Queen She's Latifah. She's great in... <laughs> what? Beauty Shop. Shop. Ever? She, she was, was in Living Single. Oh, yeah. When I was a kid. No, no, no. Remember, what is it? The Holiday? It's the Holiday. I think. Is, no, it's the last the Holiday. The Last Holiday. She could buy the dozen. Um, I like your song, Unity. I'm going to say it right now. Who are you calling a bitch? I liked, oh, why are you so I like this role for her. This was a good role. I think, there's, I think this was one of those supporting actresses' roles that could have been played by any of another any Buddy number Holly. of people and it still would have been good but I like that she got this and I think it's good mm-hmm. have you ever seen Set It Off I have that movie's great no it's not yeah. <laughs> no it's not that's a great Queen Latifah movie you should watch wow. it no it's not oh there was that's one more character that's a great Queen Latifah movie you should watch it he ended up on page two I don't know why Harold's friend Dave is played by Tony Hale who I know from Chuck and he's the pottery teacher on the community do you remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Tony Hale is great. He's, he's in also in Arrested Development and Veep, like, lots of episodes. He's in a lot of stuff as a small character. He's just fantastic. Mm-hmm. He's just a small-town boy. <laughs> I just really, I like him. I've liked him in everything he's been in. Yeah, he's pretty good. All right, so the movie starts. And we hear, this is a story about Harold Crick and his wristwatch. And he's he was a man of infinite numbers, endless calculations, but very few words. Can you do this in a British accent, please? No, I cannot. <laughs> and, his, and his wristwatch. <laughs> and his chocolate biscuits. No, he didn't eat chocolate biscuits. He but I like, like to say chocolate biscuits. This is why we need DJ. I'll just give him my notes. He'll read them off. All the lines <laughs> Hi, that DJ. she reads, he can read for me. When I was in England, I just wanted someone to say chocolate biscuits. So I went to some place that told them. Like, what are those? They look at you read. <laughs> like, can I have some of those? Like, what, you want the chocolate biscuits? I was like, yes! <laughs> True story. Oh, sad when I was in Spain, I went man. to a bakery like four times Thank because you. they okay, had amazing chocolate. <laughs> That's the only good food there, okay? They have a lot of really weird food in England. 
quit talking smack about England. I like England. It had a good time there. Yeah. Yeah, I need a whole fucking All right. time. <laughs> All right. Jesus Christ. So he brushes Not each better. of his 32 teeth 72 times. Ties his tie in a single knot to save time and has done the exact same routine every weekday what morning kind of for not? 12 years. It's a wins and notes. Do you like this movie because yes, it's like the Truman Show? <laughs> yes. Now you have a girl on for the Truman Show. A girl on? <laughs> well, I was going to say a wedding. I didn't realize that they were kind of alike until oh, right now. You should have covered that last week. Is that a thing? So you should have held that to the end. You just I blew should, her I mind. Forgot. <laughs> See, this is not a good time to just. Sorry, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not drinking, so I'm. I'm Don't distract her. That's so Elaine's you're bang job. on point. Uh, <laughs> I need to stop. That's right. Elaine's job to be the distracted one. Yeah, we, we oddly get the perspective of his watch, which apparently thinks the way he ties his tie makes his neck look fat, and enjoys the feeling of the breeze as he runs to the bus. I too prefer the double Windsor. <laughs> well, everybody should. It's the way more professional knot. Well, does it prevent your neck looking fat? Well, it's symmetrical, so that helps. <laughs> I also prefer, I also really like it when I see a fancy knot, but John usually only does the double Windsor. Because I have to look professional, not fancy. He also has to do it every day. Yes. <laughs> and if you have to tie a tie every day, I'm getting, I'm really good at the double Windsor. I can do it pretty much at will. I feel like grown-ups use the double Windsor, children use the same. Single Windsor's lazy. Makes it shows that you don't know how to tie a tie. You never learned to tie a tie, and you're fucking winging it. Like a little boy. But you're a weapons dealer. I mean, in agriculture. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he plays the jazz triangle. That's right. Yeah. I <laughs> the jazz triangle. Sorry. And no. All right. So <laughs> he goes. By the way, side note, you're AK joint. No. <laughs> he works for the IRS. It's a candy. And yes. that. His love of calculations can be utilized. He takes a 45.7-minute lunch break and a 4.3-minute coffee break every day, precisely timed by his wristwatch. His wristwatch. <laughs> I don't do the accents well. You learned when I was trying to do the, the cockney. Is that what it's called? Sure. Yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, that was bad. It was bad. I actually did a little research trying to prepare for that, too. Well, wait, put in some effort. <laughs> But he, unlike me, he's good at his job. <laughs> if talking in a Cockney accent was your job, you would be fired. That's he true. would be fired. Like, straight sack, I'll tell you. You'd be sacked. It ain't that hard, love. <laughs> it is for me. I feel ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> he's good at his job, but he's alone. He walks home alone, eats alone, goes to bed alone at 11.13 every night until Wednesday when his watch would change everything. Bum, bum, bum. Then we cut to a montage of random people. A man gives his son a bike, a woman looking for a job, and then back to him brushing his teeth again. As he's brushing his teeth on Wednesday, we hear Emma Thompson's voice saying, If anyone had asked Harold, he would have told them that this Wednesday was just like every other Wednesday. He began by brushing his teeth, but he stopped, and her voice stops. Then he starts brushing again, and she starts talking again. And if he stops, she stops. And he seems to think there's like a microphone in his toothbrush because he takes it out of his mouth. He looks at it weirdly and he's like, hello. And shakes his head like, what the fuck? And begins brushing again. And she starts to explain what he's doing again. And his eyes dart around. He's really confused. Is anyone there? And he begins brushing again. She says, when others' minds would fantasize about their day or even try to remember their dreams, Harold just counted brush strokes. And this really freaks him out because now she knows what he's thinking about. (laughs) He spits and is like, who said that? Who said I'm counting brushstrokes? And how do you know that? And he's like, hello? Which is what would happen if your day started being narrated. It freaked me out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
So her voice only narrates as he goes about his routine, but he continues distractedly and is late missing his bus. He asks the lady if she can hear the voice, and she's like, what? <laughs> she's like, don't worry, it's Wednesday. He's like, I know, but did you hear it say it's Wednesday? Wednesday. <laughs> um, at work, he can't concentrate, and he sees his friend Dave and tells him he's being followed. Dave looks at him like, um, how are you being followed? You're not moving. And he says, it's being followed by a woman's voice narrating. And Dave says, Harold, you're staring at boxes. What is she narrating? And then he's like, look. And he starts to file. And the narration happens again. And he's like, did you hear that? And Dave's like, you filing? And he's like, but it does kind of sound like the ocean. And <laughs> Dave's like, what? <laughs> So then a lady comes up and gives Dave some files. There's two audits. And Dave looks at both of them. One of them's really thick and one of them's really thin. He's like, I got a baker. And I can't remember what the other one was. but Something important. And it was a big, thick file. And he was like, how about you take the baker? <laughs> it was like, a candlestick maker. I don't know. It was like an insurance adjuster or something. I don't know. I don't know. You talked about it right before it, but I wasn't paying that much time. I mean, um, I don't recall. <laughs> So anyway, next we're at the You've bank. got the touch. <laughs> <laughs> You've got the power. To make the best cookies in the world. I'm sorry, there wasn't Evidently. a song for Much of Nuts in this? No. <laughs> this is the first, one of the first movies that did. Oh. So, oh my goodness, I cannot find my spot. So, so when we, he woke up now we and cut he didn't rape anybody, she was asleep. <laughs> and she is seriously pissed about his presence there. I've never been audited, but I don't know if this is appropriate behavior. It's not. You should also not grab a man by his franken beans. That was not this movie. She, she didn't do that. Oh, that was, uh, sorry, that was, that's just a free advertisement there. But she does yeah. say, get bent, tax man. <laughs> everybody in the bakery is like, tax man, and they all boo him. Yeah, I don't get that. Like, that's this dude's job. Like, he didn't decide one day, I'm just going to be the guy who walks but around auditing people. That's just the job he got. You have to hate on him for it? People it's like, hate Hi. paying their taxes and they hate the yes, IRS. But, but it's not his fault. He's not the one who told him to pay taxes. But that doesn't matter. People hate people that it's not their fault all the time. Yeah. It really is a mean. thing. I know Anybody who's yeah. ever worked in customer service. <laughs> it's like, I know it's not your fault. Like, like you didn't My whole job is to be yelled at by people who hate me for no reason. <laughs> like, like at the deli counter at the grocery store, when the one person decides that they need six kinds of meats and four kinds of cheeses, and then the old lady who just wants turkey gets irate. <laughs> it's like... Bitch, it's not their fault that this person wanted all these cold cuts. <laughs> and nobody knew really you were waiting. <laughs> like, I don't understand. Like, I can go for a sandwich right now with a little turkey. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> it's not. Cheese. People get mad at people for the wrong reasons anyway, all the time. Onions. <laughs> maybe a little uh, mustard. That's disgusting. Tony <laughs> and I both don't like onions. I don't You're like not going to win this over. And he said onions. mustard. <laughs> you know what mustard sounds like? Musty turds. <laughs> Because that's what mustard is. Have fucking mayonnaise if you like. I don't I'm care. A mustard no, I don't fan, like it at all. That's no hilarious. <laughs> I'm not a mustard fan. Sometimes I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, you can get the golden spicy mustard, which yeah. is just exquisite. Or if you're gonna go with mayonnaise, you see, you go with Dukes. You see, because there's there's mayonnaise. I don't like mayonnaise. And then there's Dukes. And you should try Dukes. It's good, but you know it's Honey not good. Mustard, musty turds. <laughs> Honey mustard is amazing. Honey mustard. Nope, incorrect. I love it. <laughs> what condiment do you like? 
Ketchup. She's like, I hate ranch. I hate mustard. What else, What do you like? Ketchup. I mean, I'll, ketchup. P- I'll put some ketchup, but not on everything. I like a barbecue sauce. She's from the Midwest. I don't know if I like a sweet and sour. What a Canadian. For like a dipper. I don't know. <laughs> I don't put sauce on things. I don't think things need a sauce. But what about if you what have if a sandwich? it's dry? Yeah. <laughs> you put a little mayo on there. But only if there's turkey on that sandwich. What like if it's a salami. I don't eat ham. What's <laughs> a sandwich called? I don't eat ham. Not on a sandwich. You don't dig on swine? <laughs> you say that like it's foreignly weird or something. I, I eat ham like... on sandwich? What, like a ham sandwich? <laughs> Grilled cheese and ham? Yuck. Who eats that? Um, everyone? <laughs> That's <laughs> disgusting. So we're at, so we're at the right. cookie lady. So, see, we're talking about food. It's appropriate. I don't eat um, ham sandwiches. I just don't like the ham like as a cup. Chocolate chip as cookies. Let's talk days. about that for a okay. minute. So this baker... Maybe if she, I did, I'd like mustard. Anna Pascal. Anna Pascal. Anna Pascal. Is her name. And she purposely only paid 78% of her taxes. She has terrible posture and needs a better bra. <laughs> That's, That's so true. true. That is true. I give her bad posture. I don't know about the bra, but... She does. It's true. <laughs> I'm not sure if she's wearing a bra or if it's just a terrible bra, but um, Maggie Gyllenhaal, people, please contact her and tell her she has terrible posture and needs a better quality well, bra. Well, I think she's supposed to be kind of run down. She looks rough. She's frumpy girl. She always is frumpy girl. She oh, needs... kind of frumpy looking. Is she going to be hot in something? <laughs> oh, I thought she was really hot in Southpaw. Oh, sorry, that was Jake. Oh, oh Nobody goodness. was hot in that movie, and that movie's terrible. That movie's awesome. Ooh. Terrible. Oh, yeah, but you have to watch it again and find out. <laughs> <laughs> My birthday John, movie! You can't. Oh, it's goodness. He's changing it. revenge. Oh, Shrek has. Isn't that what Carly did with this movie? She's going to use movies as revenge, and it's, then we're going to use Isn't that what revenge. she did with the burbs? Hey. I like the burbs. If huh? I have to use a movie for revenge, you will watch Battlefield Earth. Wait a minute, no. I thought she started She started hey, this shit with Waterworld. You wanna play That's the, a good movie! <laughs> you want to play the revenge game? I have horror. We can do this all day. Jack Frost 2, here we come. That movie's awesome. Some bad movies. The all Uncle right. Sam. Right. Yeah, Tony was in a way to fight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll start bringing in Steven Seagal movies. Don't fuck with me. <laughs> I'll make you guys watch the Emoji movie. I'm talking about new Steven Seagal. I heard it was bad, but... All right, Carly, where are we All at? Right. So as he's at the bakery, the voice starts again, and it's talking about how he is uh, attracted to the baker. Anna Pascal. He's imagining her shaving her legs. And Weird. <laughs> Which is not sexy. No. Honey, have you ever no. fantasized about no. me in the bath Still shaving no. my legs? No. I covered that in the first word of your sentence. Still no. Could have saved a whole lot of time there. Moving on. But anyway, that, that, no. that was a lot of no's. It kind of sounds like a yes. No, 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 no. So, <laughs> now there's this face like he bit into a lemon. <laughs> it really is. Anyway, this is going to be the longest episode ever. Uh, <laughs> so well, she's like, dude. 20 minutes in. And we're in the opening credits. Dude, you're, uh, you're, this you're is staring the part at where I my turned tits. it off previously. And he goes out, he's like, I need to go. I can't do this today. I'll come back on Tuesday. And he goes outside, and he starts yelling at the voice. He's like, shut up and leave me alone. <laughs> and then we cut to Emma Thompson looking out over a city street. And she jumps. And we're like, holy shit. And then we cut to Queen Latifah, who has walked in the room and distracted. There's Emma Thompson, very much alive and well, <laughs> standing on her desk. And she was doing research, and this is her new assistant, 
Penny, hired by the publisher, and spies interrupting her. I like how this scene was shot because it makes it you get him yelling at the heavens, and then you kind of pan up, and then you see Emma Thompson, and she's like wiggling her hand like she's the puppet master, mm-hmm. and it looks like she's playing God, and then she jumps, and you're like, holy shit. And then it comes back, and she's standing on her desk, and she's still doing the puppeteering. Mm-hmm. And I just, I like that visual. It's because she's got the touch. The power. <laughs> she's she got the, the power! She fucking does. She really does. Anybody else <laughs> think about that song the whole time this movie was on? Just me? No. Just you. Just you. <laughs> so she does not want this assistant spy. And uh, this assistant who never thinks about jumping off a building. How could she possibly help her figure out how to kill a guy? Because, look, she has worked for 60 other writers, and they've all finished on time. <laughs> she has aided in the finishing of, like, 35 different books. Never needed more time. I'm, I was doesn't know anything about writing. <laughs> I was on board with that. I'm like, all right, well, I, I trust her. Tony was a little disappointed a couple of times. As a writer, you're like, fuck you. She was you. a little ridiculous. <laughs> so we... This whole movie's a little ridiculous. (laughs) Oh, we're not at that part yet. I think almost every movie we watch is a little ridiculous. (laughs) Some of them more than others. I'm sorry. No, Last Dragon? Fucking (laughs) Lots of ridiculous. What about Freddy vs. Jason, which I think is is our highest Oh, man. Ever. It's pretty good. You just broke 100. Did I? Yep, on... uh, Harley Davidson, I think, went to Oh, Harley Davidson. 100 and something. Now, if you want to talk about a classic podcast, that's guys, a go little, back and listen to it. That's a little ridiculous. That's a true story. It actually happened. I mean, if you want to just That leave. comment was a little ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't listen to The Last Witch Hunter, because... <laughs> oh. Because God shits all over everything I, in that movie, and she's I, angry. I just don't like that movie. You don't have to like the movie. You should, though, because it's good, and you're wrong. But whatever. It's like your opinion, man. <laughs> I really wish we could do the Big Lebowski. But I don't like that movie. Spoiler alert. Well, that's like it. your opinion, man. Oh, I got my high five back. <laughs> oh, my birthday movie has changed again. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I don't understand why everyone loves that movie. You need to watch it's it not... again. Dude, I've All seen right. it. I've seen it once because everyone won't shut up about it, so I was like, I'll watch it. And it's I watched the worst it, movie I've watched. Like, okay. Everybody's like, no, dude, it's the most best movie ever. It's the like, best movie ever. It was okay. And then they get upset, and then I have to kill them. <laughs> well, you're a professional. I mean, now, uh, 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 grocer. Grocer. I buy groceries for people. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Sure. For All right, so. Shut-ins. So we're we come nice back to Harold. <laughs> oh, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Now, there's Harold a movie that's is be- I've never seen that one either. Harold is being talked Some to shockers. about his strange behavior. And, uh... And talks that he's had with so his co-worker. Is this the IRS's shrink? I think so. But he's or, a weirdo. He's the weirdest, like, HR consultant or whatever he is <laughs> ever. He's like a hippie. He has him if he has cubicle fever. <laughs> and he's told that he's maybe, got cubicle maybe fever. he should take a vacation. He's got cubicle fever. While he's talking, the voice talks about how stupid the man was and how we can't stop thinking about baking or the bakery and Miss Pascal. On his way home, his watch is on the fritz and stops. He resets it, and the voice says, This small thing will lead to his death. This small thing will lead to his death. <laughs> Little did he know. Little yeah. did he know. And he seemed to have tuned out the voice, but when it said that he was going to die, then he's like, What? <laughs> Why my death? Why my death? And then the voice isn't talking to him anymore. He goes home, and he tries desperately to get the voice to start again. 
he breaks the lamp, he brushes his teeth, he doesn't know what to do. How is he going to get the voice to talk to him again? And then, but it won't. And the next day he goes to a shrink who tells him that he has schizophrenia. Yeah. Who is the shrink? I recognize her, but I don't know who she is. <laughs> no capes. What? From Incredibles? Oh! <laughs> There you go. Moving on. I was waiting for you to say I never saw the Incredibles. Oh, I did, actually. That's a good one. NCIS. Uh... Oh, yeah, she's like the head one. person in one of them. No, uh, not. No, uh, the. It's in California. LA. LA. The weirdest NCIS. I never saw that one, but I didn't know that she's in charge there. Yeah, the one with L. Cool J. The one in NCIS New Orleans has. John watched it for way longer than I did. I hung out as long as I could with that. And I tried to get into NCIS. New Orleans because it has got Bacula. No. But I, I couldn't. I gave it two episodes like, sorry, bro. I only ever watched the original. I also jumped off of that. Which is real good. I watched it for a long time. I jumped off of that when Zeebo left. After Zeebo left, I yeah, left. Yeah, I can see that. Like, the new girl came in, I was like, I just don't care about her. <laughs> but he's like, no, I'm not schizophrenic. And he's like, hypothetically, if you didn't think I was schizophrenic, what would you tell me to do? And she's like, I'd tell you to take medication. But maybe find somebody who knows stuff about literature. <laughs> so he's like, all right, that makes sense. So where does he go? He goes and meets the professor of literature at, I'm assuming, a college in Chicago. <laughs> sure, what's, who is he? I don't really talk about that. That is Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman. I generally Monica. just refer to him as the professor in here like it's Gilligan's Island. But... Uh, <laughs> Oh, wow. Professor and Mary, <laughs> I like the old version. Where it was like, and the rest. It's like, <laughs> like, fuck you guys. It's like, it's only two more people. So the professor asks him a whole lot of questions about the narrator and his life. He tells him maybe he should keep a journal, but it couldn't be a narrator because there doesn't seem to be anything to narrate. And then he changes his mind, though, when Harold says, little did he know... This seemingly innocuous, you know, he gives him that line about how he's going to die. And uh, and he's like, little did he know. And that's a meaningful enough. Uh, it's third person homicide. For him to say, all right, Mission, you know. so now I want you to come back. Next, or like Friday. Oh, wait, you might be dead by then. How about you come back tomorrow? <laughs> Which was a great line. Because he's super, he's super busy. That was the early contender for line of the movie, right? That was my favorite line for, like, up until then. Because the line means that there's a narrator. Mm -hmm. That's what that means. There was yeah. a lot of great lines, but as soon as... I, when I heard my favorite one, that I never went back. That's what happened to me with Jennifer's body. So, uh... The wedding thing? <laughs> never mind. So he gets on the bus, and soon after that, Miss Pascal gets on the bus. He manages to apologize. For his behavior. Elaine wants to jump in. Point Go for out. it. I got a thing here. <laughs> so he apologizes because he oogled her. Mm -hmm. I have a big problem with this. There's a lot of... They, like, I don't think you should ever apologize for oogling someone. Hmm. I can look at you. I get to look at you however I want to look at you. And you get to look at me however you want to look at me. He didn't say anything. He just oogled her a little bit. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I don't think you should apologize for it. And I... It bothers me. Like, instantly, well, I started thinking, well, I think have to apologize for that? Well, I just fucking shouldn't have to apologize for that. Well, he didn't it's just, say anything it's to her. Well, just being polite. 
I just, it really There's bothered obviously me. obviously a large group population of people that don't think you should be staring at girls' know. boobs when you talk to them and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, I know what you mean. It's like, I hey, like, lady, my eyes are up here. I'm just saying. And like, generally, the response is, oh, sorry. But not, he didn't do that at the time, and no. now he's doing it. It's like, it took me out of the entire movie, and I stopped <laughs> and had a little conversation with myself about, should you have to apologize for that? But no, sure, you fucking shouldn't. Sure That's what's America. wrong with America today. <laughs> You get to look at people, and you shouldn't apologize for that. Ever. Ever. <laughs> because even if you were there professionally, oh, and done, she says, in the movie, I don't really, I never really got the thought that he was oogling her. Yes, he was listening to the narrator narrate mm-hmm. his thoughts with, as he was looking at her, but he was distracted. He more kind of zoned out. He wasn't really even looking at her at that point. He mm-hmm. was listening to the narrator. So he never even oogled her to begin with. Now, in, in my version of the movie, he's sitting there and he's like, R. Kelly popped on. My nope. mind's telling me, no. <laughs> he's like, body. I don't, I don't think you should have to wrong. apologize for that. That's why. I think, I, think he's just, took, I think he's just being polite. It's just yeah. me. I know, but it took me complete out of the movie. And I no, was no, like, I get you. It was, it was weird. People shouldn't apologize for that. It was weird. And a lot of their interactions as... A boy and a girl, a man and a woman, or whatever, are really weird. I have more later on. He this. was a boy and she was a girl. How can I make this any more obvious? <laughs> he, he was, was a punk. Rather she awkward. She did ballet. What more can I say? <laughs> I don't but know. You, pl- I know my calculus. I might have misquoted you that plus me bit, equals but, that. You know, <laughs> that's, that's for the best. <laughs> Not for my okay, Avril Lavigne. Continue on. But he feels you don't like to be too accurate with your <laughs> He was rather successful with his flirtatious small talk. Even though one of the things he said was that she had nice or straight teeth. <laughs> I like I your know. teeth. I, I like that. Nothing wrong with that. I feel like maybe if you had braces and people notice that your teeth are straight, that'd be a compliment. Yeah, yeah sure. Moving on. I had braces, but I've never been complimented. Wow, teeth. Carly, look at those I did teeth. Too. Those and are outstanding said, you teeth. You have a really nice teeth. <laughs> look how straight those teeth are. You know, I never noticed. You got beautiful teeth. Right, oh, man. So, he's so elated that he did he feels like he did well he just gets off the bus though because he's not really sure what to say next and it's like 20 some blocks from where he was supposed to get off so then the next day he goes to see the professor who asks him a bunch of questions but Gilligan interrupted 23 questions to rule out authors and genres that the book could be I didn't write down any of these questions, but some of them were funny. Like, is he the king of the trolls? Or <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's trying to find out what genre this is. What's funny. Kind of book he's in. Which I thought was interesting because I don't know... I don't know if I really felt the need for him to rule out fantasy. Like, are you, do you think that maybe you're a golem? Well, well, in, <laughs> do you have magical well, powers? He's trying, well, he's trying to figure out which author it is. And authors tend to write by genre this so if you can figure yeah. out what genre he's in, then he can narrow it down to I totally a was with him for the authors. mystery one. Do you feel the need to solve crimes? <laughs> I thought that was good. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually pretty smart, but it's just kind of weird that he believes him. He's Dustin Hoffman. He's a genius. He turned 70, I think, the other day. Oh, happy birthday. Dustin Hoffman, if you want to come on the podcast, we'd love to have you. Halfway through the... Ooh, we should if we wanted to come on the podcast. podcast, we would shit ourselves. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> no, wait a minute. How come we've never discussed a Dustin Hoffman podcast? We talked about a fucking Kevin Costner He hasn't one. done a lot of genres. He hasn't. Has he done sci-fi or horror? You know? No, we can do just a podcast. Just oh, you mean just you mean on top of the yeah? Instead Kevin of having the, Kevin and, the <laughs> and the Van Dam and the Van Dam, oh, right? Goodness. So for those off weeks, we're not doing one of those. Two, I got you. Yeah. We can do a Dustin Hoffman. One. Sure, Carly. The Dustin Dust Up. 
The Dustin Dust Up. See, it's got a great name and everything. That's pretty fantastic, actually. That's much better than <laughs> Dustin. That's much better than Kevin Costner. Ain't that great? The Hoffs Mans. Uh, and then we could also talk about uh, David Hasselhoff. Because <laughs> when you say the Hoff, that's what you're thinking. <laughs> See, we're gonna. All right, we're not gonna bug you with any more of that right now. But we're gonna talk about that offline. <laughs> we've got a lot of podcasts in the oven coming. All right, so then we go back to Karen Eiffel. And her car goes off a bridge. <laughs> and then Penny goes, why are we here? And she goes, we're imagining car wrecks. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> Every time we see this woman, she dies. Well, that's what her books are all about. Mm-hmm. That's her job, man. So uh, they talk about how most car wrecks occur in inclement weather. And so most pneumonia cases and... And then we cut back to... No. Hmm? And then oh. Penny tries to give her some literature about quitting smoking. Yes, yeah, she does. <laughs> and she's like, what am I going to do with this? She's like, I don't need nicotine patches. I smoke cigarettes. <laughs> and and she's also a great Penny line. says this line about it could save your life. And then Karen says, I'm not in the business of saving lives. In fact, just the opposite. Which is <laughs> Another great line. Great line. Mm-hmm. Then we go back to the questionnaire. Yep. And one of the questions is, what's your favorite word? And he says, integer, which I really <laughs> like. It's a great which, word. Which I think is part of the, which I think is because everybody in this movie is named after a famous scientist. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, was it, what's his name? What was his last name? Harold Crick. Crick. Crick is a guy who invented DNA or helped find DNA. He didn't invent it. He didn't invent it. <laughs> and Eiffel, obviously, the yeah, gentleman. Pascal. And Anna Pascal. Like they're, all, they're all supposedly... Famous. They're world famous scientists. I only knew, there are a I only lot knew of, of so. there are a lot of homages to uh, scientific and mathematical yeah. discoveries, like, and but he said his favorite word is integer, and it fits the character. But also made me think that's a great word, mm-hmm. integer that you don't hear much. <laughs> Not outside of math class. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like hypotenuse myself. <laughs> but one of the other questions is: Does Harold have any aspirations? He's like, no. <laughs> he's like, you don't aspire for anything. And he admits that he's always kind of wanted to learn how to play the guitar. And uh, the professor tells him he has to figure out if he's in a comedy or a tragedy. So he goes back to the bakery to audit Miss Pascal, and he has a tally in a little black notebook of instances that would in- be indicative of a comedy or a tragedy. He's trying to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> she gives him a box of just paper. Like, she just threw it all in there. And like I like it's her. garbage. Like, you file like this? She's like, no, I'm fucking with you. <laughs> she's like, I'm okay. actually quite fastidious. I just did this to fuck with you. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? That's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that she used the word fastidious. It's another good word. <laughs> that is a good word. So at the end of the day, it's been a long, hard day. It's been a hard day's night. And, she's and working she like a dog. makes him eat a cookie. He's never had a freshly baked cookie. I before. know. It's like my mom only bought store bought. She's like, you never had a cookie. There's only one kind of cookies my mom made. Chocolate chip. No, the peanut butter cookies I make. Oh. It's the only recipe my mom ever taught me. You never. Had she's not a baker. <laughs> she's not a cook. You never had fresh chocolate chip cookies. Yeah, I did, but it was mostly like she bought the dough and put it in the oven. Because we were about to pause But she wasn't making... (laughs) I've made cookies and Carly's eaten them. I've had them as an adult, but I don't remember my mom ever, like, mixing the dough. My mom made cookies all the time. Multiple kinds of cookies. My mom is a great cookie lady. Hi, Karen. My mom was an excellent cookie lady herself. (laughs) 
<laughs> made the best chocolate chip cookies. My dad is the one that. Did she <laughs> use the recipe by <laughs> Nestle Tolaus? <laughs> Tolausa. What's his name in the peanuts? <laughs> Trick or treating. I got rocks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So she forces him to eat a cookie, and it's holy macaroni. It's really good. Did you say holy macaroni? I did. That's not what I was going to say. But Just check. So it. they get to talking about how she got into baking, and we learned that in college she would bake for her study groups. At Harvard Law. Yep. And over time, the <laughs> study groups school, got law, bigger and bigger, but her grades went lower and lower because all she really cared about was baking, so eventually she just dropped out and became a baker. Yep. It makes sense. Sure. So... <laughs> <laughs> so she wants him to take some cookies home, and he can't. It's a gift, and he can't accept gifts. He probably shouldn't have eaten the cookies he ate. And he's like, I'll buy them. How about I buy them? And she's like... Get out. Yeah, she's pissed off. And it oh. turns out that she made the cookies for him because she felt bad because she was mean to him. But it's unreasonable because she has to understand from his point yes. of view that he'll go to jail. I totally understand yeah. that. But he it's, hurt her feelings. However, yeah, he, hurt her, yes, he <laughs> hurt her feelings. Yes, but she didn't consider his position. So she put him in a really bad spot. And you're both giving me this look like he's wrong. <laughs> and you're wrong. No, I don't, he can I'm go not to saying... jail for this, lose his job because she gave and it's him not even, And it's not even that slick of a trick if she did it. You no. know what I mean? Like I'm not saying he's that. wrong, but I'm also not saying she's wrong. No, she's wrong. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's wrong. No, she. she's her, her You want her to not be wrong because it was a nice gesture, but it's not. He should have. There's no reason that she would have thought about it before she did that. She felt bad and she made cookies. Yeah. And there's no reason that. And he obviously cannot take these cookies. Right. However, the way he did it, because he's so socially inept, was just hurtful. Which she then pays him back for later. <laughs> and makes him understand why it was hurtful. I don't yeah, know if it was no. hurtful. I think it was. It wasn't. I'm going to tell you she, right now. He wasn't trying to be hurtful. If she was It doesn't matter that he was trying to be hurtful. What he did was hurtful. And it was her but fault. He didn't do it I in know, a bad of way. Of course not. I know. Right. That's why but it's a cute That's why how many times <laughs> How many times have you hurt my feelings and you have no idea how you did it? Because Never. you didn't mean to hurt my feelings. <laughs> yes, no, but he's oh, really he's really right. <laughs> he's, he's right. But that doesn't mean it wasn't Hurtful. Well, she shouldn't have done it. If you, she hurt herself. <laughs> we will never convince them. <laughs> Don't you point your pants at me. Oh, oh so that was a friend's reference. It was me. I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry about that, Tony. I pissed off. Somebody kicked me. So she thought he was kicking me. <laughs> he realizes that this happened, and she and he feels bad because he hurt her feelings, and he's like, "This might sound like gibberish to you, but I think I'm in a tragedy." And then he leaves. And he's all sad. And he's right. She's sad, too. <laughs> so he goes back to the professor who uh, realizes that maybe he is driving the story for it. Maybe it's a character-driven story. So how about tomorrow you stay home and you do nothing? Absolutely nothing. He doesn't even get up to pee, which... I know we've had some movies with peeing, so I thought I would bring that up. I don't know if your life's on the line. However, I do think it's weird the shows he's watching while he's doing nothing. Well, he's scared to change the channel. (laughs) He changed the channel. He had it on the Animal Planet, and then he's trapped. There's some pretty terrible animal documentaries going on. It's all about death. Hey, that's because it's kill or be killed in the animal kingdom. That's true. So uh, his watch goes off suddenly, and then all of a sudden... A giant crane (laughs) 
which I don't know if that's the crane, but you know, it's a wrecking I mean. ball. There, it and comes. It's not no, a wrecking it's, ball. It's, the, it's like a claw. Oh, it's got the claw. Uh, I don't know what they're called. A choppy thing. <laughs> We're going to call it Tyrannosaurus Rex. I'm sure everybody knows what we mean. Chomp, uh, chompy thing. <laughs> I, I think that's the best one. Comes through his wall. And uh, and he's all, like, hiding in the corner, like, what the fuck? And then he goes to the edge, and he's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And they're like, what the hell are you doing? We're tearing this building down. And he's like, I live here. And it turns I out. I was watching TV. And they're like, is that a TV? It's my TV. <laughs> So it turns out they're at the wrong building. You think they and would? He's like, sorry. Check that. <laughs> uh, you might, you gonna pay me? <laughs> yeah. So, I kept waiting uh, for that to come up, like they sim soon or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Smash now he can't live there. Yeah. The whole building actually is probably gonna need to be fixed. It's a large chunk out of the side of it. I don't think would both him and the building's owner sue because he obviously rents. Yeah. Thank you. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because he could sue personally because it affected him, and the building manager has the property damage. Because he has to find a new place to live, which they probably would, somebody would have put him up, I think. But well, Dave does. Dave. Dave. <laughs> Dave does. But before Sleep he got well, to no, I mean, Dave. I think somebody would officially put him up, the insurance yeah, company or something. They would have had to pay for his apartment somebody. or oh, that extended stay. Who, who wrecked him will probably pay for that, yeah. too. Just to be, you know, just to be yeah. cool about it before they catch the lawsuits. <laughs> Try to avoid <laughs> to make sure that, that, he, that he'll settle. Yeah. So before he goes to Dave's, though, he tells the professor, and the professor's like, "No, this is not a coincidence. This is not a character-driven story. How about you just go live your life until it's over? How about you go and find the life you've always wanted to live, and you live it because this is not driven by you, and there's nothing we can do about it. Just." Have a good life, and it's going to be over. <laughs> so that's when he goes to stay with Dave. And while he's at Dave's, he asks him if uh, what he would do if he knew he was going to die. And this is a very strange interaction where Dave's like, well, am I super rich? And he's like, no, you're you. Well, do yeah. I have a superpower? No, you're you. No. <laughs> So then he's like, fine, you can be invisible. And he's like, I'd go to space camp. He's like, why does that matter that you're invisible? He's like, I didn't pick invisible, you picked invisible. It's a good line here. Right? <laughs> you're too old to go to space camp, you're never too old to go to space camp. <laughs> so he's like, okay, you've wanted to go to space camp since you were nine. What's the one thing I've always wanted to do? He's always wanted to play the guitar. Something so he goes to buy a guitar. Mostly he just stands in the guitar store quietly, just looking around. Trying to find the one that speaks to him. Well, that's what you do. You don't pick the, the guitar picks you. It's kind of like Harry Potter's wand. <laughs> Have you ever picked out a guitar? No. No. <laughs> All right, just checking. I have not either. So, wait, uh, wait, a, wait a, I was sprinkling some fairy dust here. You just shit on it. <laughs> so I'm sorry, looks. your fairy dust only hit, Car- only hit Carly and Tony. It missed me. Sprinkle a little more. <laughs> So he looks and he looks and he finally finds the one. It's not the one that says, I'm super sensitive, but I don't know how to play this thing. It's not the one that says, I'm overcompensating for something. It's not the one that says, I have vinyl pants. It's the one that speaks to him. Because you don't want to wear leather pants, because then you got to put the paste on to try to get your pants up when you're too hot. When you're part with a girl. Sorry, that's another Friends reference. I'm all over Friends today. So then we cut to the hospital. Where Miss um, Eiffel, Emma Thompson's character, asks if she can see the patients who aren't going to make it. 
Because these patients that are all going to survive, it's not helping her at all. So she has to nurse. Where are the people that are definitely not going to survive? And the nurse is like, uh, <laughs> are you suffering from something? And she's like, just write her spot. <laughs> just write his block. Really. So we see that Harold is learning how to play the guitar. But uh, though he is learning to live his life, it's not his complete life. Because just the guitar is not enough. So he runs to meet up with Miss Pascal. And this is where he brings her flowers. I love this part. Is this <laughs> the most romantic, thoughtful thing anyone has ever done? No. Because it's not flowers to plant, it's flowers the baking. <laughs> it's not anybody's ever done, really. I brought you chocolates. That, that's not the same. <laughs> okay. I'm asking, I don't mean in real life, I mean in a movie. Is this oh. most is this the most romantic line ever? I brought no. you flowers. No. And it's flower. It's, it's, it's baking. <laughs> it's not? No. I think it's pretty I fantastic. feel like it's the most romantic thing in a movie ever. It's the perfect romantic gesture. Mm-hmm. No. Most well, romantic gesture. And a great pun. She's going to cut me off. The most romantic gesture ever is when Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt were pointing guns at each other. And he's like, <laughs> I can't do it. Just go ahead. And she's like, come on. He's like, just do it. And then he smacks the gun away and they kiss. That's not the most romantic Drop thing Drop the mic, ever. walk away. <laughs> I think what right. makes this so romantic to us is this is something that wouldn't work for anybody else. Like, he thought about what she would want. A lot of guys are like, oh, I brought you flowers, or oh, I brought you chocolate, or oh, I brought you this. But it's so, this is so personalized that it really wouldn't work for anybody else. It's the greatest romantic gesture. <laughs> <laughs> because he could have brought her flowers. It's then followed by him saying, I want you, a hundred times. Is that <laughs> That's the creepiest? No, no, it's no. It's cre if she did not reciprocate, creepiest thing ever. She reciprocates, <laughs> so it's okay. Much like a lot of things, he it's just only creepy if you I want just wish he would have said I something else. You. I, I was like, you. I want you in my life. I want you as a, some, I don't know, just saying there I was, want you, want you, want you was just kind of creepy. It was weird because yeah. she didn't, like... Could you? She she should have said. Could you clarify? Yeah. No. You ever see the movie French Kiss with um a Kevin? Was it Kevin Klein? Something uh, Klein and Meg Ryan. Huh. And he and the thing in the movie was like, I want you to blah blah blah. But at the end of the movie, he's like, I want you. And she's like, You want me? He goes, I just want you. Same thing. I Romantic. know. I just don't think you should lead with that. <laughs> I, just feel like I get it. Like um, our first date, Tony had said, I want you. I want you. All I know is no, that no. I want you. You didn't have a date. <laughs> he just brought you flowers. Yeah. And said, I want you. Now in his after auditing you. After auditing you. I would and be like, oh, I, well, the flowers are amazing. <laughs> it's just, it's it's inept, and it goes to this character who doesn't know mm -hmm. how to. But there was something really creepy about it. <laughs> But it, it was also wonderful. But it was. Uh, I wrote creepy or wonderful, and I yeah. mean, it's also wonderful. It didn't just to say I want me. you is wonderful, but yeah. it's it's very. It's, it's on that line. I watched the movie more than once, obviously, but the first time I watched Someone it, it really bothered me. And the, as I watched it more, it bothered me less and less. When I sort of got to know the characters a little bit more, it didn't bother me as much, but. The first time I was like, oh, how about you stop saying that? <laughs> my my big problem with them is why do they like each other? 
he's socially awkward, and she's like some borderline civil rights person or whatever, whatever, like, uh... Her bakery is called The Uprising, by yeah. the way, if nobody knew that, but... I don't see, I don't see any connection between them. Nothing but Rage Against the Machine. I feel like... Whoa, I'm gonna just give out complete wild fan theory built on nothing, and I really hate those, but... That's our, I think she's that's just, our bread and butter, though. So. I think she's just lonely. You think People so? will take a chance on someone who's lonely. This dude, she's just lonely, and this guy that she treated like crap who she knows doesn't know how to interact with people because he was so unintentionally just hurtful last time, So does something so... Like, he saw her. Like, she can tell from this gift that he saw her, and she's mm-hmm. like, I want to know more about that. So she just says... I, and she even says, I don't know if I like you, but I would like the opportunity. So yes, she... she does. My problem. It's weird that she invites him back to her house. <laughs> she don't know this dude. And my, pro- my problem with all but of this is, is essentially, um, it's kind of like trying to date a cop to get out of a ticket. Is that's what I was thinking the whole time? Because she's like, that's oh, not what I was thinking. I don't she's think like, she well, cares. I like you. Okay, come to my house and all that. And she's, he's like, well, you know, he's going to have, he's affecting your audit, so you go to jail. That's mm-hmm. uh, the whole. T- but I just, it didn't get brought up at all. Like yeah, the whole, I think, the I didn't think about that. for her, it wasn't about that. No, for no, him, I know. It was no, I know. At for, first, and no, then he I know got it, past it wasn't about that at all. But it needed to be said at least. Yeah, he's gonna get fired. Yeah, he's gonna get fired, and you know, she may still go to jail. Well, this is a fictional world where that consequences aren't a real thing. Mm-hmm. No, but I think it should have been brought up because it was glaring. It's like, well. Yeah. If it were me, I'd be like, well, she's and just trying does, to hook up with me because... He does she, make that crack about the size of her prison cell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was, good, that was a good line. <laughs> but... I don't know. I think she's I just, just think lonely. She, okay. Well, I don't she's, know. She spends all her time in her business. She's the only, she's, you know... Maggie Gyllenhaal. She had all these little... Um, okay. <laughs> this is the mean. <laughs> true, but mean. Um, but I think she's just lonely... <sighs> There's okay. so many people you on the internet like that do times. just, but I think it's important. So many people so on the internet lonely. that go out with just whatever loser they see because they're so fucking lonely. All right, Carly, go. Oh, we get it. Okay. So, they enjoy a nice meal together, and afterward, he wants to help her with the dishes, and she's like, go sit, I'm just going to put them in the sink, and he sees that she has a guitar on the couch, which apparently someone traded her for a wedding cake. Which he's not, he's gonna overlook that on her audit. Ha ha ha. Jokies. Those things are expensive. But uh, he, she's like, go ahead and play if you know how to play. And he's like, no, nah, I'm not gonna play. But then she goes to do the dishes and he starts to play. And she hears it and goes back into the living room to watch him. And just like in John's pick, Desperado, it doesn't take long before she just jumps it. <laughs> She's got to get out of that audit. Song. Yeah, she knew the song. She seems to know the song, and it was beautiful. It's and kind of a romantic song, although I didn't like the actual version of the, the punk version. And yeah. also, I heard somewhere that she's lonely. <laughs> she just, so, he's singing this particular romantic song, and she... just she, wants somebody uh, to love. She I think that would work. She wants somebody to love. So, she wants somebody to love. So he gets Wouldn't to enter the like premises. To find yes, somebody he to does. Love? He entered the premises, and then he entered the premises. <laughs> there was something about... <laughs> There's something about this sex scene too that felt really real because they like had on these sweaters and it was so it was hard, so hard to, take to get them off. off. <laughs> it was more awkward when they were teenagers having sex in Jennifer's body, I think. But sure. Yes. 
Which is very realistic, but I like just the, the sweater. And he's like, am I too like, big? I'm stuck in my <laughs> sweater. <laughs> I like sex scenes that are more lifelike as opposed to like the sex scene in the beginning of Jerry Maguire when he's fucking that lady up against the wall. That's um, John Travolta's wife, thank you. Um, what about Despera- the Desperado sex scene where they're like... With the spur? With the spur. I don't know about that. It was a sexy sex scene, but I don't know about how. Especially since he was injured, and I don't think he could have maintained that athleticism throughout that sex scene. <laughs> she seemed like, uh, yeah, I don't know. But anyway. I don't know what was happening with that upside down thing. Still, still <laughs> another pocket. Don't explain it to me. <laughs> but afterward, the voice begins again, and uh, it says that Harold knew that she was falling in love with him. And he goes to tell the professor. He thinks now he's in a comedy. He's going to end up with a girl and everything's going to be great. And the professor seems to go with this, even though that, that Tony didn't like that. <laughs> because in a lot of tragedies, no, I didn't, they get a girl I, and no, then they I die s- anyway. No, I, said, I didn't say that I didn't like it. I just said that it, if he would have died before he met her, it wouldn't have been a tragedy. He's just some loser that doesn't have a life. But now that he's met the girl that he, that he supposedly loves... Chael disagrees with you. I'm in trouble, Chael. For anybody who couldn't hear, the dog started barking. I mean, that barking, growling, growling like, like an angry bear. But uh, so yeah. So but you thought the professor should have recognized that just because the girl's falling in love with him does not mean he's in a comedy. He could still very it's much that, be in a tragedy. It's more likely that he's in a tragedy. <laughs> I kind of get the feeling that to me anyway. that he was just like, okay, do you want to believe you're in a comedy? Well, you go for it. That's true, because we also don't know what if he's just humoring him, because this is ridiculous. We don't know <laughs> I mean, if he's humoring he him. find Harold interesting, yeah. but mm-hmm. at the same time, it feels like he doesn't uh, always believe him. Which yeah, that's true. He wouldn't. That's but yeah, he wouldn't. absolutely wouldn't. Because it's kind of ridiculous. All right, so but as the professor's like, okay, well, let me make a, a copy of this list anyway. Because I figured out authors, it. I think it would be... And then... There's an interview playing in the background, and he hears, and he's like, "Well, let me know if you hear that voice again." And he does, because she's in, being interviewed. Luckily, and he's like, "That's the voice." Coincidentally, and he's like, "What? She's he's, British?" <laughs> I felt like you should have told me that. Yeah, didn't. <laughs> and he's like, "Well, she's not on my list." Crumples it up, throws it in the trash. And, He's got uh, a point. Like, that's something you want to leave with. All right, well, it's a British author. All right, yeah. so it's a J.K. Rowling. You know, you want to know these things. Yeah, because seriously, if you're trying to find a specific author, that would have well, been helpful. Well, if it's Harry yeah. Potter, you know, you're going to get a lightning bolt up the ass, and it's important to know that. <laughs> <laughs> but the problem is, Miss Eiffel only writes tragedies. So, uh, we realized, or we learned very shortly after that, that Miss Eiffel has discovered how to kill him off. Oops. Mm-hmm. After she saw that apple <laughs> in the street. So Harold has the book, and he's like, this is the publisher, and he runs. He hurries to the publisher's office. He wants to get her contact information, and that didn't work because they were like, uh, I'm going to need you to leave. <laughs> she has a brother. Her brother-in-law. You're married to her. Now she has a sister? Her no. Brother. <laughs> I'm married to her brother, but, but not, not in this state. state. <laughs> the other one. Because then 2006... Not legal in every state, yeah, but that's really funny. But <laughs> see, I heard that and I was like, "Wow, how old is this movie?" <laughs> I wonder. See, and to me that was really funny, but I wonder how many people would just not understand that joke. Yeah, we, pretty soon that's going to be as irrelevant as the VCR. Yeah, like, like the VCR <laughs> is or a method the, of watching Highlander the series. <laughs> <laughs> or if you be like, we used to go to the video store. The video what? 
So he gets turned away at the publishers, and then he remembers, oh, yeah, that's right. I work for the IRS. We have everybody's information. So he goes to work. Which was ridiculous. The whole time, I'm like, dude. You work for the IRS. Which is also that's illegal. the thing that'll get you fired. This no, is that's that illegal. Fact. You would go to jail for that. Yeah, but they may or may not have found out about him and his love with um, Anna yeah. Pascal. But this is going to get you fired. <laughs> they usually find about the thing with Anna Pascal when they break up because she makes a big deal about it knowing to get him fired. Mm. Bitches be crazy. That's what I hear. So I hope them. they don't bring up. So he gets her contact, contact information and goes to call her, but the phones are out. Cell signal's down. Dave gives him some change. She runs to a payphone. That payphone's busy. Run to different payphones. Like Finally this. find one that works. <laughs> this one had mucus on it. <laughs> yeah. And this whole time, the That's narrator's narrating. She's typing it. See, again, I'm like, how old is this movie that there's so many payphones running? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that too. I was like, what? And she's like, the phone rings. And her phone rings. And she's like, it rings again. Period. It rings again. And then she's like, what the fuck? And her assistant goes to answer. She's like, no, 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 no. And then she types it. It rang a third time. As soon as she hits the period button, it rings. And then she runs. <laughs> like a crazy person. Well, that freaked me the fuck out. <laughs> she answers it. And it's Harold. And, and uh, she and does Craig not know what to do with this information. <laughs> Would you? She seems to have no. a bit of a nervous breakdown. <laughs> and he's like, when I'm filing, I hear the ocean. And she, like, drops the phone. <laughs> She's like, I can't do this. I can't do this. So uh, then he's at her place. Which I assume she... They don't show up, but she must have come out of her coma. And, and be like, you need to come here. We need to talk about yeah. this. So he's at her place. And... Uh, and he's like, well, and she's like, oh my god, it's really you. And it's, she's continuing it's your eyes, and it's your shirt, and it's your shoes, and oh my god, oh my god. And he's like, please don't kill me. And yeah, he's like, you, you understand why I had to come here and say, please. You can't finish your book. Please don't kill me. And then he's like, oh my god, you haven't finished it, have you? It's just like, an outline. Uh, I didn't type it yet. She just hasn't typed it <laughs> yet. Typed. She already knows how you're going to die. And he's like, oh shit. And then Penny comes up and says, let him read it. You gotta let him read it. Because he's begging her not to kill him. Maybe His book's gonna be it. so good that he's gonna be like, no, kill me. So, so she spoilers. <laughs> gives him a copy so he can read it. And he tries to read it, but he can't. So he takes it to the professor and he's like, you read it. I can't do it. You read it and tell me what I should do. So the professor reads it. <laughs> we get a little montage. The woman who earlier was looking for a job in the earlier montage now has one. And the little boy who got a bike now leaves her a bike ride. The professor reads, Harold can't sleep. The next day, the professor tells him, you're going to have to die. <laughs> just because her book is so good that you just got to go. This is her masterpiece. It's the best thing she's ever written. And you're going to die someday anyway. And if, <laughs> and if you don't die, it would ruin the novel. Yep. Yes, because that's a good reason to go kick the. Bucket. I don't think the professor actually <laughs> believes he will die. Hmm. Yeah, moving on. Be crazy. Maybe yeah, that makes sense. Okay, but so. he's like, you're gonna die anyway. So, but I promise you, you're never gonna die in a way that's this meaningful and poetic than this way right here. So you might as well just no. <laughs> That'd be my answer. No. So Harold is not okay. He does not want to do it. He'll change his life. He'll go away. He'll do something else. And he leaves. 
And then on the bus, he begins to read the book. And we cut to Penny and Miss Eiffel. She's unable to uh, not think about it. She's laying on her table. She's having she an existential crisis. She's like, how there many was people one. have I killed? Yeah. Eight. I counted eight. <laughs> the school she's teacher, the day before summer no, vacation. Eight. Oh, much better. And she's thinking about how cruel she is to all of her characters and the people that she's killed. My favorite one of those was, I killed a school teacher the day before summer yeah. vacation. Yeah. It's that like, that's fucked, fucked up. up. That's terrible. That was fucked up. So, uh, that evening... It's a tragedy. Harold has finished the book, and he goes to her, and he says he loved the book, and he doesn't see any other way. She see, that's just bullshit, because if that was me, I'd be like, I don't care, don't finish your <laughs> yeah, book, I don't I want to die. Of course, but you're not a character in a movie. <laughs> but he seems so sincere about how wonderful and beautiful this book is, he and also, that she has to finish it. He also mm. has a nothing life. You know what I mean? Excuse me, he's uh, currently in a coitus relationship with Anna Pascal. Well, that's new, cookies. though. That's new. Look, if you start dating a baker, <laughs> she don't mess it. I'm just There's saying, very few women that are going to be better than a fucking baker, okay? 40, she's going to bring you cakes and cookies every day. But if you're 45, you? and for 43 of those years, your life was garbage and boring, and you have done nothing. Which Did you is, not hear me say cookies? No. Not even. 44 and a half of those is. years. Yeah. But no, but like in a couple 45, weeks. it's been like a yeah. month. His life is A month boring. he's had a good life. Up until then he was just yeah. this nothing automaton yeah. whose watch was controlled by Skynet. Yeah, which we'll get to that. But I do I appreciate, I forgot Timer. that John's Timer heaven was going off. cookies and uh, this would be a big deal for John. <laughs> like, if I was single, and I hope I never am, I would date bakers exclusively. <laughs> I heard you're leaving me for Katie Ross. <laughs> Katie Ross is a school teacher. But she bakes. She does those cakes on the side. Does she? She does. Do you not follow her on Facebook? No. <laughs> yes. And you don't know that she recently Hi. got matching tattoos with her sister Julie. The words on the side. Oh, well, good for but the anyway, Ross sisters. Most of her posts are about the wedding cakes that she's making on the side and the cupcakes that she's making on the side. She works for Carolina Cupcakery. All right, well... <laughs> well Okay. Is this what is this what it feels like when people talk about movies around you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who this person is or anything about this. She's a very nice person. I like her a lot. We love to have her on the podcast, which actually would happen. She lived down the road. We just like her. <laughs> okay, cool. But the uh, <laughs> somebody make sure they tag her in this one. <laughs> so then the narration begins again. The night before his death, he uh, ties up some loose ends. He finishes some paperwork at work. He makes some phone calls. He goes to Anna's for dinner. She feeds him meatloaf and chocolate pudding. Well, meatloaf, you know. I know, Elaine, your mom makes the best meatloaf. We got it. It's my favorite <laughs> meal of all time, my mom's meatloaf. <sighs> I get it. Not a fan. I like meatloaf. But Maybe if you had my mom's, you would be. You know what Did else? She make it I've, been, <laughs> I've been. I've been. Oh, yeah, that's right. You don't eat beef, you communist. <laughs> Let Tony get I've been hurt before by you guys' promises of food, so <laughs> I don't want to hear about your mom's meatloaf. But no one goes good with her mouth being I'm little. sorry. Stuffing. Well, imagine Tony. it's stuffing. Uh, <laughs> but I wouldn't know. Tony. Yes? I'm sorry. I shouldn't have brought it up. I didn't mean Thank to you. unintentionally hurt raw. you. Uh -huh. I didn't mean to unintentionally hurt you. Okay. I'm sorry. But it still I apologize. You, even though she didn't mean it. All right. <laughs> I got it. I, I know what will make Tony feel better. There we go. Ready? No, we're taking it back. No, Unless no, no. you got the touch, you got the meatloaf. I don't want to hear this part. <laughs> I'm so 
one isn't going to make any sense to anybody who hasn't listened to all of That's our That's just going to make him sad all over again that they killed all his favorite Aww. Transformers and instead gave the Infinity Gem to Rodimus Prime. Yeah, this is Rodimus. a tragedy all over again. <laughs> Still, so he has a great last day. And he tells Anna that he adores her. And then he tells her that she should declare all the free food she gives away as charitable donations if that would solve her tax problem. And she's like... But dude, the whole point is I intentionally didn't pay that twenty. And he's like, I don't want you to go to jail. Yeah, you can't do, you can't make the world a better place from jail. It's just not gonna happen. So, uh, so work for Nelson Mandela. <laughs> so then the next morning we see the little boy and the woman getting up and ready, as we see Harold going about his routine minus all the counting. He's done with that, and we learn his watch is now three minutes. Late. Slow. Because when he reset it, he used somebody's bullshit time. He's <laughs> not a little offended by that. <laughs> somebody's bullshit time. Sorry. So that means that like he's they, everywhere like somebody early. <laughs> because he's, he's usually right on time, barely. But uh, See, that's also not gonna thinking he's right on time when he's no. three minutes late. So anyway. Lotrimin. He ends up at the bus... <laughs> Just in time to save a little boy whose bike, who falls off his bike right in front of the bus. And I'm like, wow, so that's how he dies? That's this big thing that is the, the most amazing death he's ever going to have is he saves some kid? No, that's the point of the book is that he was a mundane guy who all of a sudden woke up and started having a great life and becomes a better person and is no longer this mundane pencil per- pusher and does this great thing and then dies. Just as he was becoming a person. Yeah, that's, that's why it's a great tragedy. It's it's good, but it doesn't like... But it's I don't think it would blow my mind if I read that. I'd be like, oh, that's... It's a fake fictional book. It's not a real no, I know, but book. I'm just saying they I'm built also, it up to be this... I'm not sure that the book is really about him 100%. Because a book just about him wouldn't be very long. Well, no book is just about one character. But like you said, some it's authors treat boy and every woman. character like a main character. Right. So she says the book's about him, but not necessarily. It could well, be about yeah. the little boy, and the little boy grows up and does something amazing, but it never would have happened okay. if he didn't die and save the boy's life. Okay. That's a good... Uh... <laughs> sure. Um, I don't know. Head, good head cannon. Could be about the bus driver. Something crazy's going to happen in her life, but... Never would have happened if she hadn't hit this dude. <laughs> Continue. Fair so anyway, uh, <laughs> Miss Eiffel can't finish the sentence. Harold Crick was D-E... She can't do it. She can't write A-D period. She can't do it. So he's still alive. And we're like, what the hell? And she tries to light a cigarette, and it doesn't work. And she goes a little crazy, and she pounds the cigarette into nothing. And... <laughs> And she can't do it. And then we cut to her arriving at the professor's office. And she gives him a copy of the book. And she's like, did you read it? And he's like, yeah, was that all right? And she's like, yeah, but I think you might be interested in the new ending. And we're like, what? (laughs) That's how we knew he lived. (laughs) And then we cut to him in a lot of cast. Yes. Cats, yes. <laughs> Most of Squirrel. his body is covered in cats. He has broken many bones. Will forever have a bit of his watch embedded in his arm. But he is a lot. The doctor makes a point of saying, 
Well, you're not dead. <laughs> he had a severed wrist in his artery, but because his watch shattered and there's a piece of glass blocking it, instead of bleeding out in a matter of minutes, he lived. Mm-hmm. His wrist watch saved his life. Yep. He would have certainly died. His wrist died. watch, who got mad at him, now saved his life. So they will never be able to remove that, but he will live. So Maggie Gyllenhaal, Anna, visits him and tells... Um, he tells her what happened. And yeah, we had to push the little boy all the way. He had to. He didn't have a choice. So the professor reads the book and tells her... Little could die. <laughs> he reads the alternate ending and he's like, it's okay. I mean, it's not amazing. It's not going to be the best thing ever. But it's okay. And she's like, I think I'm okay with okay. But he's upset because keeping him alive doesn't make sense with the rest of the story. And she says she's just going to have to rewrite the rest. And he's like, why? Why did you keep him alive? (laughs) Like, I knew him too, and he was all right, but why did you keep him alive? Or just change the guy's name. (laughs) Uh, And she says... Joe Yeah. (laughs) She says it was supposed to be a book about a man that doesn't know he's going to die, and then he dies. But if he knows he's going to die, and he does it anyway, willingly, isn't that the sort of man you want to keep alive? But mostly, she just couldn't do it. When it came down to it, she couldn't do it. Once she knew he was real. So then we have our last montage. Harold eating Bavarian sugar cookies. We see Anna and Harold in the hospital in love and thankful he's alive. We see Dave opening the packet from space camp because Harold is sending him to space camp. We see Penny leaving nicotine patches on Miss Eiffel's typewriter. We see the little boy's dad hugging him. The bus drivers are all hugging. We see someone being rushed to the ER. The professor jumping into the pool. A homeless guy enjoying a Danish. Back to Harold and Anna in bed talking. Harold playing the guitar in the store. And Harold reading the story. And she says, We should remember the little things are here to save our lives. A rich wash, a wristwatch saved Harold Crick. Harold Crick. And that's the end. Oh. No post-credits <laughs> flash in the scene? No. <laughs> if I don't ever think a so. movie needed a post-credits flash I really flash hope not. <laughs> I still can't believe you. None of you had seen that. <laughs> it's gonna be a recurring thing, I think. Because <laughs> you were all looking at me like, yeah, whatever. I'm like, I didn't believe it. I was I'm like, like that doesn't. I thought you had all seen it, and then when I brought it up, you all looked at me like, okay, whatever, asshole. I was like, no, you've never seen this. Holy shit! <laughs> no, no. For I don't real, typically for real. look for post-credit sequences. Well, see, except for Marvel movies. Yeah. Well, unlike the rest of the world, I always love the post-credit scene, which is in a lot more movies than you think. Movies do that shit before. a lot. We've had this discussion before. Yeah, but right. you had the same conversation three times. So she was lonely. <laughs> so anyway, John. Oh, I'm first? What are your thoughts? Oh, good. How much did you hate it? <laughs> My favorite character is Professor Jules Hilbert. Mm-hmm. My least favorite character is Anna Pascal. Is it because it's Maggie Gyllenhaal? Is it because um, of no, the actress or the character? No, the character. <laughs> like, she makes a lot of bad... She decides I'm not going to pay my taxes because I'm okay with this, but I'm not going to pay my taxes because of this. Well, that's not really how it works. Mm-mm. And, Ooh. you know, sorry about your damn luck if you don't agree with it, but that's just the way it is. Vote better. <laughs> and then she compounds that by doing other stupid things like making him cookies, which in her mind is like, well, I didn't do anything wrong. Well, you did. <laughs> and then dating this guy who's... Okay, well, you're not making things better. (laughs) 
But my favorite scene is when he brings her flowers. Because mm -hmm. I was like, fucking genius, man. <laughs> like, that was great. Which also goes to my favorite line is, I brought you flowers, because it was a pun. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to give this a maybe. Mm. If you're into romantic movies that are kind of funny, not really, um, then you will enjoy this. If you don't like that kind of thing, then you absolutely hate this movie and think it's boring. But I'm going to give it a maybe because people will enjoy this movie. <laughs> Alright, Tony. What you got for me? Favorite character was uh, the same as John's Jules, the professor. Least favorite character is the watch. <laughs> it was extremely stupid. I will allow that. <laughs> extremely stupid and took me out of the movie multiple times. Um, favorite line is... Well, Penny, like anything worth writing, it came inexplicably and without method. I thought that was cool. Favorite scene is when uh, he, he meets her, the protagonist meets the writer, and she's just kind of laying on the floor looking at his shoes and looking at him. <laughs> it's like the guy that she made up. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I'll give it a maybe. Um, I, ex I, kind of, I, I kind of wanted it to either be one more of the other, like, it was, if it's supposed to be a comedy, it should have been a little more funny. If it was a drama, maybe not so much, but it didn't do... I don't know if it did the comedy very well. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, you know, I thought I enjoyed it. I don't know, you know, if I'll be watching it, you know, every few months or anything, but <laughs> I, I, I think if, if you like dramas, you know, mostly, I'd, mm -hmm. I'd watch it. I'd recommend it. It's one of my genres, you know, it's a thing. <laughs> But I will say, the more times I watch this movie, the more funny I thought it was. Really? Okay. Mm -hmm. LH? Okay. So, my favorite character is Dr. Jules. Nice. <laughs> Every scene with him in it is the best scene. Um, okay. My favorite one of those scenes is actually the one where Harold comes back after he's read the book. Mm -hmm. And Jules explains that he has to die. Which I think is the most beautiful meaningful conversation about death I've seen in a while and it's better it says more about death than the entire movie of What Dreams May Come <laughs> way to take another stab at Carly my, uh, that's alright <laughs> my least no. favorite character is Karen Eiffel I just feel like there was nothing that made me root for this author to finish her book there's nothing likable about this woman. She's obsessed with death. She's mean to Penny, who's just trying to help her finish her book. And Penny's doing all kinds of weird stuff, like dragging her to the hospital. <laughs> sitting with her out the way. Yeah, but Penny gave her nicotine patch literature. <laughs> I know, which I, I thought was cigarettes. funny. But I just did you smoke all those? No, those came free. There was nothing. I, there was nothing about this woman that. I wanted to like about, it. and when Jules is like, you have to let her finish the book. There's like, I'm like John. No, you don't. Fuck her. You can just flush this down the toilet right now. Not no. until she doesn't kill him is there anything likable about her. But I just well, they they do need her to finish the book because you know she's contracted and all that. I know, but, but I, mean, I don't I care get... about her book contract. How does that affect my life? Well, it doesn't affect your life. But it affects... <laughs> I'm just saying, it's been ten years. She's it. obviously doing fine. Okay, quote. Um. My favorite line is after the hellacious day of auditing Anna, and he says, no, I don't like cookies. 
And she says, what is wrong with you? Everybody likes cookies. After a really awful, no good day, didn't your mama ever make you milk and cookies? And he says, no, my mother didn't bake. The only cookies I ever had were store-bought. Mm-hmm. The horror on her face. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good scene. Just the horror on it his is. face when when, she, when he's like, no, I don't like cookies. I was like, what? <laughs> she had the same horror. <laughs> she completely identified with that scene. <laughs> so, I originally was giving this movie a maybe. But as what? I think about it, First Uh-oh. of all, if this was a real, if this is this a real book, this no. is based on a real. book? I have no idea. Yeah, no, I would read this. It's based on a story, but it's not the same thing. It's a because similar premise. It's ca- it kind of gives homages book, to different stories. If this was a fucking book, it would be at the top of my reading list. I would have loved it, <laughs> and I feel like I need to watch it again because I'm just as I think I was like it was all right. And I was going to give it a maybe, but then as we talk about it, I'm like, yeah, that was funny. Yeah, that was so good. That was a great line. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, so this I'm going to give it a gay. A lot. <laughs> I'm going to give it a gay, and I definitely want to watch this again. So I think so people should it again, see it. Pile? Yeah, yeah, definitely going to watch it. We haven't watched anything in that pile yet. Jeez. No. Well, you should. <laughs> Carly, let's drink more right. talk. Well, I'm not going to lie. I didn't do all the whole stuff, but my favorite scene is when he and Dave are in the filing room, and. He tells Dave that he's being followed, and Dave says, how are you being followed? You're not going anywhere. And he's like, but it's by a woman who's talking. She's narrating. How are you being narrated? You're not doing anything. <laughs> so that's one of those scenes that I enjoyed a lot more the more times I watched the movie, like just the subtle little bits that I found quite funny. And that probably encompasses my favorite line. Uh, but I really liked this movie. Like, the first time I watched it, I thought, alright. And then the second time I watched it, I liked it more. And every time I've watched it, I've liked it more and more. So, I recommend it. I'm uh, not gonna... I'm yeah. not gonna... Not gonna nail your own movie? Yeah. <laughs> alright. So, I will say that I would appreciate it if you would look for us on facebook.com slash the underappreciated movie podcast. Find us on Instagram at unmoviepodcastdogs. On Twitter at Unmovie Podcast. Email us, unmoviepodcast at gmail.com. Find us, like us, rate us, review us, listen to all the episodes. It really would make a lot more sense, especially with this episode, if you had listened to previous ones, because we have alluded to quite a few. <laughs> That's right, we're 31 episodes deep. <laughs> and we tend to just build and build and build. So, <laughs> so try us out from the beginning. We would really appreciate it. Uh, next week... I have no idea what the next week be. <laughs> we're gonna do 2004's Clive Owen's joint King Arthur joint oh. Six Spike Lee. Um, whatever Clive Clive Owen's King Arthur all right never he's seen our it. star he's That's our good. star who's all right well we'll look forward to that all right so anybody else got anything need to get off your chest all right um, Star Wars gotta plug it <laughs> hi Ben <laughs> hi Ben <laughs> Also, you never said if she's asleep, it means no. <laughs> if she's asleep, that means no. <laughs> That's the first episode that you didn't say it in.